I have a buddy who's got some awesome real estate opportunities and it's a once in a lifetime thing. And so I heard, oh my gosh, real estate, you can't lose on real estate, right? Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. This episode is sponsored by ASTOTS Academy, which offers online courses that help investors, aspiring professionals, business leaders, and even beginners to improve the finances of their lives and their businesses. Go to myworstinvestmentever.com right now to claim your discount on the course that excites you the most. Fellow risk takers, this is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stotts, and I'm here with featured guest, Professor Pete Alexander. Professor Pete, are you ready to rock? I am, Andrew, and I'm happy to be here. Thank you. (laughs) I am happy to have you. Let me introduce you to the audience. A recovering, hard-driving leader with over 35 years of sales, marketing, education, and entrepreneurial experience, Professor Pete successfully battled the negative effects of stress head-on and developed the Lighten stress management model that will motivate you and your team to take action in only a few minutes per day. After learning the stress management techniques, participants can become leaders teams want to follow rather than hide from. (laughs) Professor Pete has an Amazon best-selling book titled Lighten Your Day and hosts a popular seven-minute podcast on LinkedIn titled Winning at Business and Life. Professor Pete, take a moment and fill any further tidbits about your life. Well, I mean, it's the other thing that I would say is, is that I'm a uh, proud father of three kids. My oldest is in the Air Force. My middle one is studying to be a nurse practitioner. And my youngest one is working in the uh, car industry. So uh, I'm, I'm proud to be a father as well as uh, a good and a bad investor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we're going to learn about that and all the stress that goes with it. But before we do, I'd love it if you just would share a little tidbit about what you've learned and what you teach about stress. Because as we were talking before the show, it's a very stressful time where people are being pushed to the limits of the money that they have, of the jobs that they have, of the relationships that they have. And stress is a real killer. Maybe you could just take a minute or two to tell us a little bit about your system, your book, and the best way for people to learn more about it. Sure. Well, thank you for that. What happened for me is, is that Stress and I had our first round go around, I guess, back in 2008. It was a perfect storm of stressful activities that culminated in my diagnosis with stress-induced diabetes. Yes, you can get uh, diabetes. You can get heart disease from that chronic diseases from this problem. And The challenge for me was I didn't listen to my body about what stress was doing to it. So I went ahead and burnt the candle at both ends for another 10 years until I ended up in the emergency room with a severe case of diabetic ketoacidosis. And for your listeners who don't know, my body was eating itself alive because of my stress. So that was an epiphany moment for me. And I decided that I needed to do things differently Otherwise, I probably wouldn't be around much longer. So, and, you know, the stress that happens to all of us, you know, our bodies 
will be letting us know. And so the thing that I've learned and I try and stress to everyone is that don't trade your mental and physical health for your career, for your other responsibilities. That is a really bad trade because if you lose your health, nothing else matters. Mm. And if the listeners don't believe me, have them think. Think about the last time you were really sick, could be the flu, whatever it happens to be, when you were really sick, did you feel like doing anything other than lying in bed? Probably. Yep, exactly. And so if you think about that, Andrew, you're lying in bed, you're no good to your company, you're no good to your spouse, your kids, family, friends, you just are lying there with no energy. Mm. Don't take your health for granted. Yeah, it great, is great advice. Great mm-hmm. advice. You know, yep. I remember there was a time in my career, I mean, I've always been a busy guy. And there was a time in my career when people would come to me and, and they, they would say, how's things? And I'm like, oh, I'm so stressed. Man, pressure's on. I'm so stressed. So much stuff, you know, going and all that. And then I started to realize one of the things that I realized was the way I was coming off to people was not really the way I wanted to come off to people. I didn't want people to see me as that and, and then walk away and go, well, sorry for him. And then I, you know, read a lot and, and learned about stress and all that. And then I decided on that day to remove stress from my life. And you know how I did it? Hmm. I just stopped using the word stress. And I replaced the word stress with pressure. You see, because for me, stress was the feeling like, I can't do this. I'm not good enough. This isn't going to work. You know, I mean, like stress has so many different meanings, so many different nuances to it. But pressure is just, you know, it's time. And, you know, I got to get this done by then, you know, yeah, yeah, time pressure. And just by doing that, it took a lot of relief off of me. And that's the first thing. The second thing is a lot of people see my life where I, I work, I work, you know, long days and all that. But I also tell people, you know, a couple of things that, that, that they don't know. Well, one of the things that most of them do know is that, well, I've, I've sacrificed family in the sense that I never got married. So there's a lot of my time of my day that would have been consumed with that, that I decided to fill up with work and other activities. The second thing is, though I wake up really early, a lot of young people come and they go, I, I, I got to learn how to sleep less. And I was like, never do that. Mm-hmm. And I moved to Thailand in 1992. And when I did, I had a ceremonial, you know, smashing of my alarm clock in California before I got on the plane. And I've never used an alarm clock since. And so every single morning, though I wake up early, I wake up when my body tells me to wake up. And I never try to, to steal from sleep to try to get time because I know that that will actually come back to hurt me. So those are some of my experiences with it. Now, you're an expert on it. Any, any other advice? Well, first of all, A, kudos to you. You're a case study of how to do it right. You were, you know, and, and listening to your body. The only thing I would add to what you said is, and it's a really good point, there, for your listeners, there it's not all stress is bad. So there's good stress, which is called eustress, and there is negative stress. The eustress is similar to what you were saying about pressure. If you're happy at work, if you're happy in your relationship and there's something that you've got to do that's pressing, that's okay because we need eustress in order to get things done. 
It's what keeps the light, you know, the fire under us. <laughs> That's important. That's the kind of stress that absolutely we all need. What we want to avoid is negative stress such as rumination, which is thinking about things in the past that you regret, you have guilt over, and you keep beating yourself up about it because you can't change it. So why do you keep beating yourself up about it? That's one. And the other one is anxiety over future events. You know, when you think about something that's in the future that you may or may not be stressful, the problem is we're usually going to think worst case scenario. And that all comes from fear. And truly the acronym FEAR stands for fictional evidence appearing real. We do it <laughs> because almost all of this, the negative stress we create is self-induced. Nobody else does it to us. We do it to ourselves. So yeah. that's additional great, tidbit to add to great it. Great discussion. So, and ladies and gentlemen, you can learn more by going to the show notes and clicking on the links that will connect you with Professor Pete. And now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one ever goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it and then tell us your story. Well, I had a friend who said, I have a buddy who's got some awesome real estate opportunities and it's a once in a lifetime thing. And so I heard, oh my gosh, real estate, you can't lose on real estate, right? <laughs> so <laughs> let me know when you want to know. <laughs> oh man, real estate. So tell us how it went. Okay. So basically the deal was that my friend had this guy for, so I was living in California, similar to I guess to you are, and this is back in 2001. So my buddy, coordinates for all of his friends who are interested in investing in real estate to have this guy who ran a property management company out of Arizona. And he, he came in and he talked to us about, okay, there's this really great deal. The federal government is offering houses for 1% down because these houses were mortgaged to military personnel who got moved. And so now the houses were open and vacant and they had inventory and they had to get rid of them. Hmm. So think, this is great. And so they had these um, different brochures on the different houses and how, you know, you, you have to invest this much down and you'd be able to make this kind of cash flow because in addition to being a real estate agent, they were a property manager and they'd be able to get renters for you. And, and what a great deal because you don't have to put much money down and then you'll have the renter pay your mortgage for you. No problem. It's going to be a cat miss kind of opportunity. So my wife and I go ahead and take a mortgage out, second mortgage out on the house, invest a hundred grand into this opportunity. And lo and behold, we end up with three houses in the Phoenix area and two houses in the Las Vegas area because there was a mix up in what the property manager said they thought we wanted and what they bid on for us. So now we had five houses and we, believe it or not, we only physically saw one of those five houses before <laughs> we ended up with it. And 
that one house was the only one that we didn't lose money on. The other four were an absolute disaster. So three of the four of them, we had almost impossible to rent because the property manager, their office for both Las Vegas and Phoenix relative to these houses was so far away that people who wanted to go look at it, they weren't going to drive to a property manager and then go to the house, et cetera. So logistically it didn't work. And then the other thing was the property managers would not respond if even we had an opportunity to have a renter in there, they wouldn't even respond to any issues, anything like that. So people would, would get fed up and actually leave the house and then leave the house in a mess. And guess what? You're on the hook for all the damage to the house and the cost to, to get it rented again. So here we were with five mortgages and these were full price mortgages. It wasn't super deals on the houses. The whole deal was you could get into the house for a low money down, but guess what? That means it's a full fudged mortgage on each one. And so this was a cash flow nightmare. And it just, it was a disaster from the start. And it took us years to recover from that disaster. And it just, I, I still own other real estate, but it taught me some great lessons. <laughs> well, why don't we go into those? I think that would be so fascinating to learn because definitely can help people who are in that type of situation. Yeah. So the first, first thing that I would say, and this is for any kind of investing is if it seems too good to be true, it is. That's number one. Number two, the, I didn't never realized, you know, so, so in the real estate market, if you're planning to have investment properties, where are you going to have people leasing the house? Make sure that if you're going to have a property manager, make sure that property manager has great reviews and is proactive and close to your property. Because you know, I, I think property managers work great in certain situations. I know for me, I certainly didn't want to get the phone call in the middle of the night that the toilet's broken or something. Mm. So, you know, you really want to have that as long as it's a good company. So don't just assume that now that you have the, the property, that the property location is just as important as the property manager capability. That's clear. Mm. Yeah. Got it. And the other thing that I, I learned was that really do your research on the markets you're investing in. What's the trends as well as what is the situation in terms of landlord versus renters? Because in Las Vegas, that was a horrible place to be a landlord because guess what? It's a vagabond kind of renter's market. And you get these people who come in, destroy your property and take off and you can't do anything about it. Because the state doesn't, there's nothing in the state that, that really does any of that. They're not going to help hmm. landlords. So those things were, are all big lessons that I learned. And, you know, I use that moving forward. So I don't have that situation now. Thank goodness. Yeah. 
Well, let me summarize what I took away from your story and let me know if I missed anything. I mean, there's a few things that I think about. And the first one is that, you know, everybody talks about passive income, but real estate's not really passive. There's a lot of work involved. And then you talk about the idea of, you know, getting the right property manager and, you know, having them close by and they've got a lot of work to do, you know, so, and if you can't find the right one, that work's going to come down to you. And that's another thing. The other aspect that it made me realize is, you know, just to constantly remember liquidity and legality. You know, the benefit of investing in the stock market, as an example, is that there's ample liquidity. If you want to get out of something, you can do it. Also, the legal structure is generally in your favor. Companies are required to file certain statements and they're required to behave in a certain way. And sometimes they don't, and there can be violations and all that. But the legal system's in your favor. And here, you know, what you're mentioning is the fact that, you know, in some ways, you know, as a renter, you could be at a disadvantage. And that is a major thing. And I think that that, those are kind of probably the biggest things that I take away from it and particularly keeping liquid as much as possible. Anything you'd add to that? I would add one other thing. When you start doing your calculations on how much, you know, you're going to get in rent versus the mortgage cost and taxes. The other thing that you have to factor in is factor in a much higher amount for maintenance because there were things that I never expected. I had two houses, believe it or not, that had the air conditioning units stolen. And, you know, (laughs) you don't expect that to happen. And so I had... I had one house that had a pool and I paid for a fence to be put around the pool for safety purposes. And I had the renter take that fence down because he didn't like the look of it. And so, you know, that was that expense. I had to end up putting it back and that cost almost as much because they cut, he cut the base of the, of the fence down. So there, you know, there's just crazy things that you just, even if you do a background check on, you don't know until mm-hmm. the person's yeah. in the house, if they're going to be a real good renter or not. And, yeah. and you just, you just have to plan for the worst so that you don't get hit with, with expenses where it's just crazy. So those are the things yeah. you have to factor in as well for the cash flow. Yeah, I, I, I remember trying to rent out one of the condos I bought here in Thailand. And it was just so much trouble that I realized that I just don't want to do that business. It's just mm-hmm. not my business that I want to do. And I sold that condo and I never bought another rental place because I just knew that wasn't for me. So based upon what you've learned from this story and what you continue to learn in your life, what one action would you recommend our listeners take to avoid suffering the same fate? Do your homework. If you have money to invest, consider real estate, consider stocks, whatever it is. But remember that if it sounds too good to be true, it absolutely is. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Last question. What's your number one goal for the next 12 months? Well, I've been asked by many people to do an online course. And so I'll actually be launching a 30-day stress buster challenge starting next month, and I'll be offering it every couple of months. That's my number one goal to make sure that that is successful over the next 12 months. All right. Well, that's exciting. And we'll, we'll have links to that and everything you need to get in touch with Professor Pete on the show notes so that you can either take advantage of that or 
other resources that he has. So listeners, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning. Remember to go to myworstinvestmentever.com and claim your discount on the course that excites you the most. And as we conclude, Professor Pete, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. And on behalf of Ace Dots Academy, I hereby award you alumni status for turning <laughs> your worst investment ever into your best teaching moment. Do you have any parting words for the audience? No, but I just want to thank you, Andrew, and for your listeners for their time. It's been a great pleasure being on the show. Thanks for sharing. We learned a lot. And that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and most importantly, protect our well fellow risk takers. This is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stott, saying, I'll see you on the upside.